when I was about 18, I read a book called The Emperor Wears No Clothes, which in, in that it says about cannabis curing cancer. And I instinctively knew that it was true, but I never told anybody until I'd actually seen it. Now, this happened about 12 years ago when one of my friends had a basal cell carcinoma on her cheek. She put cannabis oil, which somebody had donated to her, onto it, and the whole tumour fell out of her face four days later, never to be seen again. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the White Basement Podcast. Don't forget to follow White Basement Pod on Instagram to support the show and help share the word. Today I'm joined by Rob, and I'm going to keep it just as Rob. He's a holistic healing practitioner who's been researching and utilising a multitude of natural healing protocols for the past 30 years to treat a wide variety of patients with some miraculous results. And so, myself being a fan of natural good health as opposed to pharmaceutical pseudo-health, I'm excited to speak to him about how we can all create and maintain the state of being well. Rob, welcome to the podcast. Very pleased to meet you, Jason. Thank you for having me. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm really interested actually to, to find out about um, the, the various things that you're, that you're doing. So, so my mum actually introduced me to you, you know, remotely um, because um, she, being 80 years old and her friend who she lives with being 90, have recently started on the chlorine dioxide protocol. That's correct. Um, and uh, it, I'm fascinated by it. Um, so, yeah, I, I really wanted to get you in and, and find out about um, what it is you do. And I think probably a good place to begin is just your journey of kind of how you how you got to, sure. to where you are now, and uh, you know how you how you started to um, become interested in this stuff and investigate it and and use it to to, to treat. So g give us a bit of background. Okay, no problem. So seventeen years old, uh, my mother basically got diagnosed with cancer. Um, it, she had a boob taken off she had radiation she had chemotherapy um a little while later she came down with uh, she, she lost sight in one of her eyes basically and the doctors couldn't find anything wrong with her um it was the cancer back basically she had a brain tumor at that point and again was um you know subjected to chemotherapy and radiation um she changed from a shell to a shell of her former self you know within a couple of weeks and i just knew instinctively that the medications and the way that they were trying to heal her wasn't going to heal her you know she lost her hair within a couple of weeks she couldn't walk we had to take a bed downstairs um yeah, it was, it was horrible, you know. So ever since then, you know, unfortunately she, she passed away three months after the second round of treatment. Um, and ever since then I've been looking for natural health cures and, yeah, just been trying to find easy and cheap, accessible ways of healing people. Um, this, so basically, you know, from 17 years old, any articles about natural health I would read avidly. But it all started to change when I was 21, which is when I did an anatomy and physiology course. And that opened up to me, you know, lots of different courses, massage, nutrition, um, all different sorts of thing. And I've progressed to do NLP and hypnosis. So look at the body as a more of a holistic thing, you know. So it's mind, body and spirit, you know, and the three of them go hand in hand. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So basically, you know, 14, 15 years old, started to smoke a little bit of cannabis. Um, quite liked smoking a little bit of cannabis. When I was about 
18, I read a book called The Emperor Wears No Clothes, which in, in that it says about cannabis curing cancer. And I instinctively knew that it was true, but I never told anybody until I'd actually seen it. Now, this happened about 12 years ago when one of my friends had a basal cell carcinoma on her cheek. She put cannabis oil, which somebody had donated to her, onto it, and the whole tumor fell out of her face four days later, never to be seen again. Wow. Yeah, wow. You know, and at the time, you know, chemotherapy, radiation, surgery at the minimum um, would have been done, done to her. And yeah, she, she fixed herself with a, a one gram dose of cannabis oil, basically. Mm. Um, so, I mean, ever since that moment, you know, I've known that I've had to get involved and start helping people. So originally I started to grow it. Um, I don't do that now, unfortunately, but yeah, I did grow it and was just giving it out to people, sending it to people online that needed it. Um, one guy was a guy called Wayne. I won't mention his second name cause he's fairly famous. Um, but he got diagnosed with stomach cancer. Um, he was a big fella, a doorman up in Leeds and yeah, he, they, they wouldn't do any treatment for him at all. He got sent home and was told that he'd have about six months to live. So I I just sent him some stuff and he basically ran with it. You know, he took all the information that I gave him. Um, he incorporated the things that I was suggesting and he started to do his own research as well, you know, which was great. That was about nine years ago now. He's still with us. He's had two children in that period and he's also got married. He's also got divorced as well. Oh. So he's lived in a so very, full, very full, full life. Scope. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so from there, like with regards to cannabis, I um, started to make a really simple salve. Um, it's just basically coconut oil mixed in with cannabis cooked up in a rice cooker over 24 hours. Now, what I've been able to do with that stuff is cure all manner of stuff from arthritis to tennis elbow to gout to migraines to literally you name it. If you can get cream to the area that you've got pain, this stuff will likely help it. I, I need some of that. I've if, got, I've I've got, got some really for you. bad. Yeah. I've got some for you in my bag. Perfect. <laughs> I'm going uh, to put that on as soon as, I, uh, as soon as we stop. <laughs> but, you know, so, I mean, very early on in the days when I was starting to use it, I, I was employing guys doing landscape jobs and one of the guys came into work with gout so bad he could hardly walk. Um, and I felt like I should send him home but I didn't. I thought that's going to cost too much money. <laughs> um, bet, obviously, bet obviously I'm joking when I say that. Um, but no, I gave him some cream and I said to him, look, you know, put, pop some of that on, just see what happens. I didn't know whether it would work or not. Literally half an hour later, he walked up to me with no pain whatsoever, walking absolutely perfectly with a look of incredulation on his face. You know, he was just blown away by how quickly it had worked. Mm. You know, after one application, he was in so much pain. Yeah, I mean, a, a friend of mine... Um Smith, who who I started the podcast with, he actually sells a CBD like rub, okay, um, which I use and I, I find it's really good. But um, one of the one of the the quite amazing results that 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 I saw with it was um, a lady that I work with. She had plantar fasciitis okay. in the foot, uh-huh. and she literally she couldn't put her foot on the floor. I walked in the office; she was kind of in tears. And I said, what's the matter? And she said, like, my foot's so bad. I've seen the GP, whatever. And I said, I, I had, I've always got some samples in my bag. And I said, look, I don't know whether this is going to help. I mean, that looks really pretty bad, right? But just rub it on and, mm-hmm. and see. And I'm not joking. She came in the next day and she said, it's gone. It's, it's just completely, my foot is completely normal. And uh-huh. I was, you know, I, I, I know it works because I use it. But when you actually see with your own eyes s- such extreme 
fast changes. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredibly powerful, and I think that you know the thing for me that 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 I, I'm developing a theme through all these podcasts of which probably everyone who's listened to them up to this point knows I don't trust anything that I'm told by the, the mainstream. I, I've made this abundantly clear now. Good choice. But, but you know, s- s- things like this that are so effective and so powerful are suppressed deliberately. For sure, 100%. But rather than going off on that tangent, let's Well, let's we should keep that in the, the back of our mind, yeah, you know, because yeah. the reason that everybody doesn't know about this stuff is because of the pharmaceutical companies and the billions upon billions that they make from our misery and our ill health. Yeah, which is why, which is why I wanted to bring you in and bring other people in, you know, along these lines, just so that even if it's to a small audience, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can open other possibilities to ways to to deal with things absolutely yeah. for sure yeah, you know yeah, yeah. there's an answer for everything out there and it's yeah, all, so there's an answer in nature as well as a laboratory or yeah. instead of a laboratory I instead should say. of i mean that is that is the, labor, the laboratory right is nature that's the that's real lab, correct you know? yeah that's the, the medicine cabinet absolutely it. for sure yeah for so sure your, so your 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 friend's feet were were awesome after half an hour so it was actually his knee. Oh, his knee. So yeah, gout. he had gout in the knee. Um, yeah, absolutely fine, just walking like normal. Um, going back to your plantar fasciitis lady, I had a similar thing. Um, a lady came to me and said that she'd had this plantar fasciitis for about five years. It was so painful that she wanted to walk on handstands. You know, she didn't want to walk mm-hmm. on her feet. She said that there was like knives poking into her feet every time she put her foot down. You yeah. know. So anyway, same story as you. I gave her a jar of cream. She phoned me up the next day and was like, I'm in love with your cream. This stuff is amazing. She's saying I can walk now. It's absolutely fine. Beautiful. Yeah. So, I mean, I've just got so many stories like that. It's just not funny. Um, I'm certain that if everybody knew how to use cannabis, just that one thing as a medicinal aid, then 80% of the symptoms that we see today would disappear. So so one of the things that I always um, am trying to do with these podcasts is give people um, some some really simple, actionable takeaways. Okay. So, you know, if you manage to, to listen to half or get through the whole thing, you can come away with, okay, I can do A, B and C and that's going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. So, so the first of those probably is the use of... Um, cannabis to treat various inflammatory issues definitely yeah yeah Yeah. definitely and Um, and it's so simple as well you know one plant in your back garden would give your whole family medicine for the whole year Mm. you know just one plant that's it this is why they're so petrified about it and so does it it needs to have thc Ideally, it, it needs to have THC. THC and CBD work together. Yeah. So because CBD is legal, right? THC is. is not. That's correct. So, the I mean, the, the stuff that I've got and used is CBD only okay. with no THC. But, okay. You know, whenever I hear about the really um, miraculous recoveries from cancer and things like that, that's stuff with THC. Absolutely. As well. Yeah. That's THC. The THC is the cancer killer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, THC is what will increase stem cell regeneration. I've got a great picture actually that I can send over to you um, that if you can show to your listeners, yeah. I, that would be great. But basically, what I did was uh, something called a blood root salve treatment on my own arm. Now, a blood root salve treatment basically goes into the body and takes out any lumps, cysts, tumors, warts, verrucas, anything that shouldn't be there, 
blood root salve will selectively take it out. So if there's nothing wrong with where you put it, it won't do anything. Right. It's the, it's the surgeon, basically. Um, we call it herbal surgery. Now, so what happened with that is I put some on my arm, um, a tumor. I don't know whether it was cancerous or whether it was just like a fatty deposit or something similar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically that came out of me about an inch by an inch and a half. Wow. Um, and left a hole like the same size in my arm. Yeah. So basically what I did was I just got some cannabis oil and I squirted a load into this hole and covered it up. Didn't really think too much about it. I thought two hours later, I'm going to have a quick look, see what's looking. It was amazing. I'll show you the pictures, but yeah. you know, the pictures after the two hours of the cannabis oil, it was nearly fixed. Wow. You know, it was quite amazing. I looked at it, you know, I've been working with it for a decade yeah. and more now, you know, um, and I never imagined that that would be the result from it. So I've got a natural health group and I put up on there, you know, I've had this amazing result. I've done a blood root south treatment. It's taken the Escher out and I put cannabis oil in it and showed them pictures. Now there's nurses and doctors and all sorts of people on this group. And one of them came back to me and said, yeah, that's stem cells, Rob. That's all stem cells. So I'm looking at it and it's like a jelly gelatinous type material, mm. but you can see that there's a structure to it. So what yeah. I'm thinking is that the body then just fills in those stem cells to whatever type of cells that it should be. So if it's skin, it'll fill in with the skin. If it's muscle, it'll fill in with the excess muscle, you know? Wow. Really, truly amazing. I mean, bones as well. So I've broken three bones on my own body and used cannabis to heal it, and it was just phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I've got, I think I've got a fracture in this arm. Okay. And I've got really bad tendonitis in this arm. Oh, you're going to love my cream. Yeah, and I keep, you know, I, I, I see, I've, I have a really, really good uh, osteopath who I see. Okay. Who says to me, you know, you can keep training, but really you just need like three weeks off, whatever. But you know what it's like, you're like... There's no way I'm having three weeks off. Yeah, I can have well, three days off and that's just, it. Just do a good cleanse. Yeah. You know, do a fast, get all of the inflammation out of your body. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying to you before, again. right? Uh -huh. I, start, I start my fast and then by the time I get to six o'clock in the evening, I usually think, fuck this, I'm having dinner. <laughs> so I need to, I need to really uh, put, my, put my mind to it. Well, if you're interested, join my group. We'll be doing another one in a month or so's time. Yeah, I will. Because uh, I, yeah. I, think, I think doing it as a, as a group thing, it, I mean, like I said before, I'm much more likely to stick to it when mm -hmm. you've got accountability Absolutely. to other people. You know, Absolutely. when it's just you, yep. I've got the, the little thing on my shoulder just going, oh, well, you're, you're quite healthy, hungry, you can have dinner, hungry. it's all right. All right. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I will join the group, yeah, Definitely. for sure. I mean, little things like that is where I'm at, you know, fasting is completely free. You know, you don't need to go to the doctor to fast. Mm. You know, it's so beneficial. Mm. Like, literally, it fixes so many different problems. Yeah. But the main thing that it will do is it will get rid of all of the, or most of the waste out of your body. Yeah. So the inflammation that's trapped in the cells, that's not allowing the blood flow through, that's the sort of thing that it will just cleanse out really quickly. Mm. Really easily, you know. So, I mean, breathing techniques is another one. You know, it's free. Oxygen's everywhere. Oxygen is the most healing thing on the planet, you know, literally. So, so go, come back to the to the fasting then. Um, so, would you would you recommend? Is there is there a sort of a protocol that you would recommend as a let's say a beginner faster, someone who has not fasted before? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, intermittent fasting is a really good way to start. And what that is is that you only eat for eight hours of the day. So 16 hours of the day you're not eating, but you do that every day. Um, some people take it further to an extreme and only eat for, say, four hours of the day, you know, and just carry on doing that. Um, there's another way of doing it where you fast for two days on, two, three days off. 
and then two days on, three days off. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I say with everything is just start really slow and just build up gradually when your body gets used to it, you know. Mm-hmm. People sort of get on the natural health journey and they're like, oh, this is all natural, you know, I'm going to be absolutely fine. And they do way too much of whatever it is they're doing. And mm-hmm. then they move too much waste in their body that they their body then can't get rid of, you know. Right. Or it can't get rid of it quickly enough. So what happens is it gets into the bloodstream and, you know, it's not very nice flu-like symptoms that sort of thing so would you would you say if you if you're not fasting at all you're mm-hmm. just doing your normal whatever it is three four meals a day would you and 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 you want to have a go at fasting would you initially recommend going to like an intermittent fast pattern first or do you think it's fine to do just 24 hours or 48 hours yeah so i mean you could do either you could just go straight into a 24 hour fast and then the next time push it to a two days next time push it to three days mm. but just gradually working your body up to the things you know intermittent fasting is great it's yeah. really i mean simple. i do i normally do you know i will eat probably after two o'clock right you know That's some I, I did i did actually quite a long period of doing one meal a day okay one big meal a day but as i'm older now it's difficult to deal with a day's calories in one meal mm-hmm. it's difficult to actually digest it all yeah and, you'll be sleeping on the sofa <laughs> which is which is fine because i would have it in the evening and just kind of okay. crash but you know it was i was it was uncomfortable eating that much food in one hit mm-hmm. So, I mean, I haven't eaten breakfast. I, I probably, I probably, let's say, have eaten breakfast 10 times in the last four or five years. Occasionally when we're on holiday and we, there's a, you know, breakfast is booked and I'm, mm-hmm. like, well, I might as well make the most of it. But mm-hmm. generally I don't eat until lunchtime or mid-afternoon or late that's afternoon brilliant. or whatever. I mean, yeah. that's that's my normal process. And, it, and it's quite weird because once you get used to doing that, certainly what I've found is... If I eat breakfast, I all day I feel sluggish. Even even still in the evening, I kind of feel like I, I didn't really get going. Mm-hmm. So it, it's um, fasting in that sense is is you know I think I think really especially in the West we're just addicted to food. Absolutely, it's not it's not hungry, it's not nutrition, it's mm-hmm. not you just you just it's just the the dopamine hit of, oh, I want to eat something nice. Yeah. Looking for love in the wrong places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, li- literally that. So, so you know, I think I think the, the, the first step is to maybe to become aware of why you are eating mm-hmm. and then you can start to kind of change the the pattern a little bit. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of certainly of intermittent fasting and I, I've, done, I've done 24 hours a couple of times. Um but i would i would like to be able to do it more um when i want to do it rather than oh, it just so happens i didn't eat for that whole day and then i got up and then something happened and then i didn't eat till lunchtime and then i thought i might as well finish the day well mm-hmm. it's that kind of scenario rather okay. than saying right on tuesday next week i'm not going to eat and wednesday and then thursday i'll come out on my fast that i find difficult okay because what we've incorporated into this one is a dry fast at the beginning so for 16 hours of the beginning of the fast, we didn't drink any water at all. Right. Now what happens, that dehydrates our body and dehydrates our cells, which makes them more um, more open to getting hydration quickly. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah. if your cells are really dry and then you flush a load of water in, it's just going to suck it up and all of the yeah. cells are going to you know, open up and allow for the waste to be removed. Okay. So, do 16, so say, say that would be maybe like on a, on a two-day fast. 
you could do, do but you, again, you know, work up slowly. So if you're doing it for the first time, don't do it for 16 hours, but right. you know, maybe six hours or something. I like mean, that. the thing is, you know, if you, if you kind of, let's say, cause what, what I've, sort of found easiest is is skipping breakfast you know to begin the fast because uh-huh. you you're fasted already for mm-hmm. 10 hours overnight right so you know if you if you stopped having any fluids or food or whatever at five o'clock in the afternoon let's say mm-hmm. by midday as long as you don't drink anything when you wake up i mean that's a 16 hour dry fast right you Definitely. can pretty much at lunchtime the next day you can start drinking fluids water whatever mm-hmm. it is that that's that's included on the the fast because you know the thing that i'm very i'm a i'm a big um advocate of is trying to make things as simple and as um practical um as possible so that they can be done consistently Absolutely. because you know kind of like <clears throat> you like you touched on at the beginning a lot of times we decide you know it's like the i suppose the the um the way we used to think about it is like a new year's resolution like on the 1st of January, I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the gym every day or whatever. Mm-hmm. The first thing is, well, just start going today. It's not January for like Absolutely. two months. Just get, go this afternoon, get on with it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, if you've got to um, get in the car, go to the gym, find a locker, da-da-da-da-da, the machine you want to use is busy, then you've got to come home and it's not going to last. Mm-hmm. You know it's not going to last. You know, your your 40-minute workout takes you two hours. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of, well, you can go for a little run around the block, grab a dumbbell or whatever, do a little bit of, you know, then your 40-minute workout is a 40-minute workout. You mm-hmm. know, that is mm-hmm. much more um, likely that you're going to be consistent with that. Definitely. So I think, you know, going into a fast, if, if people want to try fasting, a, a good tip is that, is try to skip your evening meal um, and skip breakfast the next day. And you're pretty much 24 hours into a fast without actually having to do too much. Mm-hmm. And then you can either, if you, if you decide you need to have lunch, you, you just want to do a short fast, lunch you eat, and if not, then you can start, you know, in inverted commas, with a proper fast through the, the, the rest of that day, maybe the following day. Um, and you said you're two days into a fast at the moment, that's a three-day fast. Yep, that's correct. Water only? Yes. And and did you, you, did you do the dry fast going in for, for 16 yep. hours? Yep, And do, do you notice any difference if you just fast with water straight away or you, like, can you um, feel anything? I wouldn't say that I could feel something. To be honest with you, the last time I did a full-on fast was about 10 years ago. Right. So it's been a little while, let's say. Um, That was on a retreat. I did a five-day fast as part of a seven-day spa, basically. Um, We had massages and yoga and, you know, all of that, steam rooms and all of that good stuff. So, I mean, it's been such a long time I've sort of forgotten, Mm. like, what it felt like then. Um, but, you know, thinking about it with common sense, there's no way that it's not going to increase the draw of the toxic waste from your cells. And and the water that you – do you normal filtered tap water no, or do you have something so, special? Yeah, I like to go a bit special. So what I do is I ozonate tap water. Right. Now what that does is that burns up any metals, any pesticides, any nasties in the water basically. 
Um, and then I put that into a shungite, so shungite flints on the, yeah. on the bottom yeah. with flint stones as well. And what that does is the shungite, it cleanses the water further. Um, it also, which this is just absolutely mind-blowing, and one of my friends has proved this, um, it also holds on to EMF or anti-EMF ability. Mm-hmm. You know, So when you drink shungite water, you're permeating anti-EMF from within you. Right. It's really interesting. Um, one of my friends is a kinesiologist, which is where they test people's muscle strengths against certain stimuli. Mm-hmm. Now, he's proved it by um, giving somebody some radiation, some EMF radiation, which is electrical ma- um, magnetic frequency. Um, and then he's given them shungite water afterwards, retested them, and the, the, you know, the negatives from getting the radiation originally had gone, right. basically. So... Yeah, that absolutely works. Um, So then what I do is I keep that in that jar for about a day and then I strip it off and put some minerals back into it. So that would be a pink salt sole. I don't know if you're a... Himalayan. Himalayan salt sole. So basically what that is is where you mix it up with distilled water in a jar and you keep adding the salt until the, the solution is full of salt. Right, so until it starts to not dissolve. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So you've got a residue on the bottom and that means that the liquid above it is completely full of saline solution. I think I'll probably remember something like that from school. That's a really simple thing to do, you know. You get like 80-90% of your minerals into you, all the electrolytes that you need. You know, it helps so many different things. Blood pressure, sleeping, going to the toilet, you know, so many things. So Um, so I I can maybe into the show notes, maybe put a little recipe for how to... Yeah, if you sure. send me a little recipe yeah, of how, no to, how to ozonate, ozonate it uh-huh. and then add the minerals back in and all of that stuff. So yeah, if anybody, no I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to, to make some and see okay. what it's like. But okay. you know, if anybody else wants to have a go, then uh, I'll put the recipe in the show notes. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, ozone is an amazing thing. Um, you can put it through water and if you drink the water within half an hour, you get a massive dose of oxygen straight into your stomach. Right. You know, oxygen is so healing. Yeah. Um, so that's what I do occasionally, not all of the time. Um, but yeah, occasionally I will bubble it and then drink it within half an hour just for that for that benefit, you know. Aside from fasting? Just, yes, just yes, to do it? Yes, On yes. an empty stomach or it doesn't Yeah, it's better to on an empty stomach. In the morning, to. whatever. Any, any sort of natural medication is better on an empty stomach, really, because what you're trying to do is get deeper into your body to get, it, get stuff out. And so, so then as a, as a, a rule... Would be would be sensible to do like a little bit of a dry fast before taking sort of natural medications if that's practical. Um, so what I normally say is do it in the mornings. Yeah, just, you know, so fast overnight yeah, whilst you're sleeping, and then do it in the morning. Yeah, generally, yeah. Um, I mean, there is protocols that I put people on where they do stuff before bed. Um, but yeah, it's better to get those sorts of things in on an empty stomach because otherwise you're fighting against the food that's there from mm-hmm, before. Mm-hmm. You know. And um, how do you do? You have a, a guideline for how much water you drink while you're fasting, or just as you need? Well, as you need, but above two liters really should be right. You know, I've, in a in a twenty four hour period. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, I suppose if you're fasting, certainly <coughs> for me, I find that I I kind of drink more because you're. Like, I want bored. to eat something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I could drink some water instead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So so r- r- take a step back then to um, cannabis. Okay. That was your first kind of um, 
natural remedy that that's that was the thing you discovered first that put you on the path yes what yes. happened after that um so yeah like i said i started growing it and selling it sending it to people um yeah i started to use it more and more for myself and my family and yeah just realized how amazing it was and then just started to sell it you know really low price you know just to cover the costs basically but just to get people out you know and aware of mm. the benefits to it you know um, one of the people that I managed to get some to hadn't played a guitar in like 10 years, put some cream on 20 minutes later, he picked up his guitar and played for 10 minutes. Amazing. You know, things like that are just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. This guy had been going to the doctors for a long time about it, you know. Um, probably one of the best stories that I've got is my old boss. I used to work for a massage agency. We used to go into people's um, corporate workshops and we used to do workshops and, you know, massage people whilst they were working. But anyway, he put up like on a, Facebook. Like a Kobe beef. Kobe. No, they massage That's the cows. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds quite nice, Yeah, they get, they get fed on beer as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so he put a post up on Facebook saying about how he was was going for spine surgery and I, I sent him a message saying look you know do not do that before you've tried my cream mm. and I sent him the cream and he said he also had many ears disease which is like congestion in the inner ear yeah so I said to him you know I don't actually know what it is I googled it you know found it was a congestion I said to him you, you can't hurt yourself with this stuff you know just put some on see how you get on mm. um he messaged me within the week you know my back's so much better now the many ears disease is nearly gone um, in this, this period, my missus had a bit of a dodgy knee and I had a bit of a dodgy ankle. So I've fixed all of those four things. With the many years disease and the spinal stenosis, he'd already been going to the doctors for that about 10 years, mm. you know. So I dread to think how much money he had actually cost the NHS and the system. Mm. Um, but then to receive a jar of cream, which cost 40 quid, and to fix four of those things with that one jar of cream... Mm that was sent to him. He didn't need a consultation. He didn't need to go to a hospital or anything like that. He just got sent some cream and he would put it on every day. Yeah, I mean, I think that is the that is the difference though. And it's something that I've that only sort of really, I, 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 all, I have felt that the medical industry is not my friend for a long time. But it, it, it crystallised really during the, the scamdemic, mm -hmm. you know, that mm -hmm. it, it, it was just is completely the opposite way around from how it's portrayed. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's the, it's the sickness business, right? Absolutely. The business is to keep you sick and keep you coming back for more mm -hmm. repeat customers subscription mm -hmm. model. I mean, that's, it's a business. At it the end is of the day. absolutely a business. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a massive one. I mean, to give you an idea, the, the FTSE 100, the top 10 pharmaceutical companies are worth more than the rest of the FTSE 100. Mm. So 10% of the FTSE 100 is worth more than the 90% underneath it. doesn't surprise it. me. It's crazy. Yeah, I thought that that would be me. like a technology company when I first found that stat. Yeah, I thought it'd be like mobile phones or, mm. you know, computers or something like that, a car manufacturer, something high-end like that, but healthcare. But I think, I think the drug companies over the last what, two years have probably 10 x you know, in terms of market share, they've probably 10xed because of the vaccine. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that that was on a level never seen. Mm -hmm. Just here's as much money as you want, and we're going to just do all the all the propaganda for you. Mm -hmm. Just you know, make mix up whatever you like, mm -hmm. and just 
post it out. Yep. And we'll get people to inject it. Yep. Pretty much. So obviously they earn fortunes out of the rollout from the vaccines. Yeah. But what they're really seeing the profit coming about is from the the secondary illnesses that are coming from the vaccines, you know, so the blood mm. thinners, they'll be up massive amounts, you know, the heart attack medications, you know, all of those sorts of things will be going through the roof right now. Yeah. Um, what I found is that the vaccine actually seems to block up the blood. Mm-hmm. I've got pictures of this as well that I can mm-hmm. send over to you to, to yeah, I've seen, that. I've seen quite a lot of, uh, quite a lot of that stuff, but we'll, we'll go, we'll go into the vaccine later on, but let's, um, I keep I keep trying to derail you. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm probably derailing you, mate. So don't let's, worry. Let's go. Let's go back onto the so so after the the cannabis. Mm-hmm. I mean, you 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 have a lot of other stuff that you that you do, right? The, I do the blood root self. Yeah. So the, the MMS, MMS is also chlorine dioxide. That's same, correct. Same thing, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, are those are those the other main things that you use, or is there have you got a whole sort of spectrum of things that you are treating people with? Yeah. So what I've what I've done over the years is compiled a list of what I call marvelous molecules. Mm. There's only four things on there at the moment. Right. Um, but yeah, basically they are cannabis, um, MMS or chlorine mm-hmm. dioxide. Mm-hmm. There's also DMSO, and they're also blood root salve. Right. They're the four things that I just think are absolutely amazing, you know, really cheap, really easy to get hold of, um, really easy to implement. And, you know, just the amount of benefit that you can get from them are just phenomenal. And so can, can you can you talk about the other three a little bit just to give sure. me an idea and yeah, everyone sure. who's listening? Yeah. Okay. So blood root salve, I mentioned it earlier. It basically goes into your body, pulls out tumors, cysts, warts, verrucas, anything that shouldn't be there. It will get into your body. It will pull the whole thing out of your body. Um, it's made up of four different herbs, which are galangal, chaparral, graviola, and blood root. Um, it's also got DMSO and glycerin in it. So it's all very natural stuff. You and know. Can, can you buy that or you make it yourself? It's very difficult to purchase now, unfortunately. Um, one of the things that I've realized over the years is that there's three things that really do a good job on getting rid of cannabis of cancer. Sorry, Cannabis is one of them. Blood root salve is another. And apricot kernels are, is another. Now, all three of those things are illegal in most countries in the world. Apricot kernels we can get, right? We can get in the UK. We're lucky. We yeah. can get we can get one of those three in the UK. Yeah, well, I've got we've got some of those bitter. What's it called? Bitter kernels. Yeah, bitter kernels. Yeah, they've yeah. got they've got arsenic in them, right? Is that right? It's one of the things that the body breaks it down to is tiny amounts of. Yeah. is it arsenic? I think it is because I remember thinking like, oh, that sounds interesting. Maybe that's why they're illegal. But I think there was a there was a. Um, I mean, you probably know better than me, but maybe. Four or five years ago, there was a big push to change the law on selling supplements, right? And I think in the EU, they changed it. And maybe in the US as well, or Canada or somewhere. But in the UK, thankfully, it it didn't go through. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, the Holland and Barrett's and the, you know, Nutricenters and whatever Mm -hmm. survived. I mean, you know, I'm sure they'll come back and try to have another go at it at some point. They certainly will, unfortunately. Stockpile your shit, people. Absolutely. Stockpile it. Learn how to make colloidal silver. Get some MMS. Yeah. So, so the so the blood root salve you cannot buy. Well, it's difficult to buy. You you, can you you can find the occasional seller that sells it still, but yeah, it's not easy to get hold of. And 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 is it easy to make or no? Yeah, yeah. If you can source the products, yeah, absolutely. So the 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 individual components easy to get or they are difficult i've not done that yet um that is something that i'm going to be doing in the future so Um, at the moment you would buy it from 
someone that you managed to basically from. i bought a stock of it so i bought three jars of the stuff right yeah about five or six years ago okay and i'm still using those three jars you know right right so you only need a very small tiniest amount, amount. yeah a jar of it costs 20 quid that's enough for most people for a whole lifetime right you know and when you consider that a cancerous case on the nhs would cost in the region of couple of hundred thousand maybe a quarter of a million mm. you know 20 pound for a lifetime supply of blood root salve is just amazing 20 20 pounds with the uh discount code white basement pod <laughs> if you can sell it mate. yeah if you can get it on your shop <laughs> yeah well to give you an idea i know a lady that she's runs a supplement website and she used to have blood root salve on the website freely open to everybody mm. she doesn't do that now because she's been threatened with the cancer act Right. Do you know about the Cancer Act? No, but I can imagine what it's going to be. Yeah, so it's basically <laughs> to, you know, encourage disinformation and yeah. to quell truth, basically. Yeah. yeah, the Cancer Act makes it illegal for anybody to talk about treatment of cancer, anything other than slash burn and surgery, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, this is what they've done recently with, um, I think, in the US, they've just changed the, the policy so that... Um, scientists doctors are now legally not allowed to challenge politicians in terms of health wow. claims wow. i'm sure i'm sure it's just gone through or it's in the process of going to like a second reading or something right it's crazy crazy world it is a crazy world we live in most people don't know about things like the cancer act you know they just think yeah this is the best that they can come up with mm. the way that they're treating at the moment mm. it doesn't work most of the time but you know we're doing our best sort of thing yeah but everybody like me is being stifled. And the Cancer Act was updated last year. Right. So it's still in effect. And I know people that are being, you know, threatened with it. So, right, right. Yeah. So, okay, so blood root salve is number two, uh-huh. which is hard to get. Yep. Um, and the next one was DMSO. DMSO, that's correct, yeah. Which so is? DMSO is dimethyl sulfoxide. What it is is a byproduct from the logging industry. So it's... The trees use it to move moisture up the up the trunks, uh-huh. and basically what we use it in a therapeutic sense for is to open up cell walls. So we can mix DMSO with anything else, and it will take it down through the skin, for instance. It will penetrate every single cell in your body. It's quite amazing stuff. Um, DMSO on its own is known to stop heart attacks and strokes instantly because of improving like a potassium it's sodium a, pump. It's basically whatever. a solvent. So it separates cells. So if you've got coagulated bloods, it will just open up the cells and oh. allow them to work on their own. Um, it's quite amazing stuff. Yeah, I've, I've read a few testimonials about people drinking half a glass of orange juice, half a glass of DMSO during uh, either a stroke or a heart attack and, yeah, getting fixed within minutes. Wow. And so that you would uh, add into other treatments as well to improve the uptake and whatever. Yeah. So for instance, mixing DMSO with magnesium is really good for aches and sprains, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a whole plethora of different things that you can use it for. Amazing. Um, But I like to use the DMSO with the cannabis. For instance, the the cannabis, you know, it's, it's very good topically, but it doesn't get really deep into you. Right. So if somebody comes to me with a hip pain, you know, it's right in the middle of their hip or a knee pain that's in the middle and the cannabis cream isn't reaching it, we just put some DMSO in it, and then that DMSO takes the cannabis straight through to the pain. And Still topically? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah, okay. it's phenomenal stuff. Yeah. Really amazing. phenomenal. And then uh, MMS is MMS the fourth one. is the big one. Yeah. This is the big one. This is the one that could change the world. 
absolutely, 100%. You know, symptoms, illness would be a thing of the past if everybody knew how to use this stuff. So stop folding up your washing. Stop, <laughs> stop uh, whatever it is that you're doing, swinging your kettlebell and open your ears and listen up. Okay, so MMS or chlorine dioxide is what the scientific name for it is, is made up of sodium chloride and hydrochloric acid. Now, sodium chloride is a salt solution with added oxygen. So sodium chloride is salt. Sodium chloride is salt with the added oxygen. The hydrochloric acid is what we use in our stomach to break down food. So these two components are very, very assimilatable by the body. Um, basically, we mix those together and the hydrochloric acid removes the sodium and turns it to ClO2. And ClO2, so chlorine dioxide, so it's one chlorine ion with two oxygen attached to it. And basically what happens is the chlorine acts as its own blood supply in the body. So it gets into the bloodstream. If you've got any coagulated or thick, sticky blood, the chlorine will work its own way through it. It doesn't need the blood cells to take the oxygen to deliver them, which is just phenomenal as far as I'm concerned. Um, it will force its way through and every single blood cell that it touches, it oxidizes which allows that blood cell to then come away from the coagulation and start its work again. Now, the medical industry at the moment says that when white, uh, when blood cells are dead, they're dead, they have to be excreted by the body. But this treatment proves that to be wrong because literally you could have a whole coagulation and the chlorine dioxide will open up every single blood cell and allow those blood cells to work again. So, I mean, quickly going back to the vaccine, one of the problems that I'm seeing often is that, you know, the blood's blocking up and old problems are coming to the forefront because, you know, they've been there for five, six years. They've been, the blood supply's been keeping on top of them, but then as soon as the blood supply's not working again, then that older problem will start to rear its head again, you know, because it's not being maintained. Mm. Now, what happens with the chlorine is literally the bloodstream is perfect. And like I said, I can send you over some pictures of before and after treatment. So after the vaccine and before treatment and then after treatment, it's the second one. And literally it's like night and day. You can see on the first picture that it's just the blood cells are stacking up on top of each other. And um, you can see that they won't be able to take any nutrition or hydration um, to the cells. They won't be able to take any waste away from the cells. Now in the second picture, literally every single blood cell in the whole picture is perfect. It's got a white line around the outside of the cell and you can see that it's repelling the other cells, which mm -hmm. is what happens when they're oxygenated. Um, so literally, you know, there isn't a single illness on the planet that wouldn't be positively affected by having a decent blood supply. Mm. You know, not a single one. Mm. Um, mm. So any problem that you have, be it arthritis, Alzheimer's, dementia, cancer, anything pretty much will be helped with chlorine dioxide. And ultimately, it's just an oxygenation treatment. That, so, that is the main kind of... Um, that's the action. ...mode of action, yeah, yeah. is to oxygenate the, the blood. That's right. But then, so the beginning part of the protocol, we just use the MMS or the chlorine dioxide, but then in the later parts, we use the DMSO as well. Right. So if you can imagine, the first part of the protocol would clear out your intestines, it would clean up your blood supply, and then in the last part of it, it would actually permeate through your muscles, through your organs, you know, literally, it gets everywhere. So, so talk me through the, the, the protocol that you use. How do you, how you dose it? How long does it take? So chlorine dioxide on its own is very aggressive. So if you're starting on a chlorine dioxide protocol, you'd start with about a quarter of a drop as a dose. Right. You know, it's tiny, tiny amounts. And it's so easy to get it wrong. 
So what I actually use is something called chlorine dioxide solution, which is where we put the two molecules together, we create the reaction, the gas comes out of the glass and gets trapped into a distilled water. Does that make sense? Yeah. So instead of just using chlorine dioxide, it's now in a loaded distilled water and the reaction has happened outside of the body. Mm -hmm. Now what I do with that is I get people to start off on one drop right. per day and increase by one drop per day until they feel some sort of negative feeling. Now, it doesn't always happen, but, you know, if it does happen, it might be a headache or it might be very bad lethargy or, you know, all manner of different things, feeling like you're going to be sick, flu-type feelings, could be any of those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Now, what that means is that your body is kicking out waste right. and your bloodstream is then reabsorbing it. Right. You know, so, for instance, if your liver isn't working very well, it won't clean it up very quickly you know, and it will end with a headache. Mm -hmm. So that's like the tipping point for us to know the dose where we're comfortable with at that moment. Right. So say, for instance, somebody's got up to four, six drops and they've woke up in the morning with a banging headache. So what they do then is they drop back to half and then they carry on. So the, back to two. Yes. Yeah, so if they were at four drops, they drop yeah. back to two yeah. um, and carry on for a couple of days and then start to increase it again after that. So and just and just kind of uh, uh, balanced on how you're feeling. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. One of the things that I'm I'm really focused on is getting people to believe that they're their own physician. Mm -hmm. They know more about their body than anybody else does. Mm -hmm. You know. So people phone me up and say, "Rob, you know, I'm on six drops at the moment. Should I go up to seven? I'm like, "Well, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think? Do you know how are you feeling? Yeah. You know, are you feeling better than you did yesterday, or are you feeling worse than you would?" did yesterday mm. you know and that's been one of one of the more difficult things about what i do now is that people are so used to going to the doctor and saying can i have a pill for this and he yeah. says yeah take three of these a day and you go home and normally it will cover or hide the problem yeah you know so then you'll think oh the doctor knows what he's doing on the way but, to the new problems yes on the, <laughs> on the way to the new problems yeah um but you see the doctor doesn't know whether or not three is the optimum dose for them you know, he's guessing. He's guessing firstly with the drug and he's guessing secondly with the dosage of that drug. Mm. Now, with the things that I prescribe, our body needs them. You know, mm. oxygen is the most needed thing in the body. You know, it's everybody needs it. People yeah. say to me, what about bacteria when it becomes resistant, Rob? I'm like, well, bacteria doesn't become resistant to oxygen. Mm. Because friendly bacteria like oxygen and bad bacteria don't like oxygen. Mm -hmm. You know, so all of the things that I use, I I say, first of all, do no harm. Yeah. Now, the problem with the pharmaceuticals is that they do do harm. And mm. to give you a quick story, my father passed away, not February, just gone, but the February before. He was on 30 different medications a day, um, including injections and um, drugs that would cover his stomach up before the nasty drugs come mm. in that would rip his stomach to pieces mm. sort of thing. Yeah, just absolutely awful. And, you know, it's, it's like you said earlier, it's, um, it's like a monthly subscription service to them. You know, he's, he's having 30 of them a day. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, it's, it's very difficult because, um, you know, a, a, a good example, personal example for me is eating butter. Okay. So butter, this is not health advice, is really good for you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, from, from, from being little up to probably the age of, 25 all i ever heard was butter's going to give you a heart attack absolutely and my you know my family one side is full of heart disease my dad died when he was 52 from his second heart attack 
And I can remember clearly like my dad eating margarine and blah, blah, Absolutely. blah after his first heart attack, right? So eating, having skimmed milk, breakfast cereals, bread with margarine on it and whatever, I was quite young, whatever medications, you know, he was taking. And then, you know, that lasted him six years after a first heart attack of not great health and then dropped dead and that was that. And so even though I eat butter like every day and my wife's Polish and she eats, if you think you eat butter, she eats butter. <laughs> but um, even though I, it's, I know it's good for me, I still, I've, I was so programmed from a young age that butter's going to give you a heart attack. Absolutely. That I have to kind of tell myself, no, it's fine. Put it in your food. It tastes nice. It's natural. It's good for you. It's mm -hmm. healthy. Mm -hmm. So it's very difficult um, for, you know, the way, the way that we are conditioned to think about health, the body, the doctor, the medicines it's incredibly difficult to break that programming and that conditioning. And, and, a, and a, a good example that I, that I often use, which I stole from, um, there's a book called The Biology of Belief. Okay. I forget the guy's name. It's a really good book. Um, but he was, uh, he was um, a microbiologist, <clears throat> got really depressed, lost his job, et cetera, et cetera. Um, managed to get a a couple of semesters teaching at a university in Hawaii, got to Hawaii and felt better and thought, oh, I feel better here. I wonder whether it's because I'm in Hawaii. And that led him down this whole kind of rabbit hole of, you know, what, what actually affects us. Mm -hmm. um, and he was saying that the, the, the cell membrane um, affects how the cells interact. The, the nucleus is not important. I read this a long time ago. So we we we, we kind of think the nucleus is what determines the cell's function. But mm -hmm. he said it's not because you can enucleate a cell and it will continue. If it's a heart cell, it will keep beating. If it's a blood cell, it will keep doing what it does. Wow. It just can't reproduce. Okay. So the nucleus controls the, the, the replication of the cell, oh, but not the function. Mm -hmm. If you damage the cell membrane... It just stops working, mm -hmm. can't do anything. Mm -hmm. So he, he sort of proposed this whole theory of it's your sort of interactions with the, with the outside world that, that um, affects your biological processes more so than your genetic code. So it's not like, oh, you've got this in your family, you're going to get it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what you do exactly. that determines exactly. it. But, but, and then he kind of went one step further to say, so actually it's, it's you know, which is what you said, it's kind of what you tell yourself which affects that. And he said, if you, if you, that's, this is my long rambling way of getting to the point. If you, if you don't believe how um, powerful your subconscious mind is compared to your conscious mind, this is, everyone who's listening to this will, will I, I guarantee you'll be able to, to resonate with this. How many times have you woken up in the morning, three seconds before your alarm clock, so you don't have to hear it go off? It, I guarantee you it's happened to everybody at least once, if not mm -hmm. three times a week. So your subconscious mind, regardless of what time you actually fell asleep, what time you got into bed, I'm sure you didn't look at your watch, 
etc., etc., your subconscious mind counts six hours, 42 minutes, 33 seconds to when your alarm's going to go off and it wakes you up. Absolutely. And your conscious mind is like, no, 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 I'm in control. Mm -hmm. You're not. Uh -uh. It is your. It is your subconscious. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so yeah. I mean, so so. This this sort of conditioning that we have, is incredibly powerful, you know, and it's been done over the last hundred, two hundred years, you know, to create this industry Absolutely. of, the doctor knows best, the drug companies know best. They're the experts. That's the science. They've done the studies, mm -hmm. but but. You know, as you said, you have to go back and tap into your yourself and and understand what your body is telling you. Absolutely. Look for the the <clears throat> clues and the cues mm -hmm. and the signals. Yeah. So so that's difficult, right? It's Taking the MMS and and, and um, dealing with the feedback. Yeah. How, how do how do people cope with that how do you find people i just sort of coach them through it really you know i sort of say to them i don't know more than you do you know um so yeah i just just help them along really just mm. i'm there to hold their hand basically mm -hmm. if any problems you know get in touch with me and so um, you so you stay with the um the the kind of dilute solution of mm -hmm. the mms mm -hmm. self-regulating the drops yep for how long um, so it's a very personal thing again. So what I say to them is get up to 15 drops on the first protocol. Right. And then get up to uh, 50 drops on the second. So so that up to 15 drops for the, uh, is there such a thing as an average person? No, there really no. isn't. So what's, really the, isn't. what's the range of time <clears throat> that it might take you to get there? It's difficult to say. One guy, um, this is one of the more recent things that happen which is absolutely amazing i keep pinching myself um but he he came to me with herpes he'd had it for 20 years it was really affecting his life badly um if he ate a birthday cake for instance he would get an outbreak if he got angry or stressed out he would get an outbreak and he he came to me and i said yeah i'm pretty confident that we can get rid of that for you he said no nah, no nah, no chance and i said to him look you know if i could make wave a magic wand right now what would you give me to get rid of your herpes he said i'd give you my car it's a BMW X5, 50 grand's worth, like absolutely awesome car. Right? Oh, that's a tough <laughs> so one. I said to him, well, you don't have to do that. Just give me 250 quid and you can come and see me and we'll start a protocol. Yeah. So anyway, three months later, he got the negative test back. But with him, he fired through it so quickly. He was obviously fairly healthy as well. Right. You know, so he, yeah, I'd phone him up one day, he'd be on 10 drops, the next day he'd be on 12, the next, you know, three days later he'd be on 25, mm -hmm. you know, and he just kept pushing it and kept mm -hmm. pushing mm -hmm. it. Um, so, I mean, he was really perfect. Some people go through the through it all really quickly. Some people take ages. And what it's all about is how quickly your body can get rid of the waste. Right. Now, one of the analogies that I like to use is that your body's a six-foot pipe that's four inches wide, and at the bottom of it it's got a sluice gate. Now, in healthy people, the sluice gate is completely open all of the time. You know, they're putting food in on the top, chocolate, crisps, whatever it is, Coca-Cola, blah, blah, blah. Um, if the sluice gate is any moment or any um, any t amount closed, it will start backing up within the tube. So <clears throat> so basically what, what we try and do is we... We try and um, affect the sluice gate to be open first, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise you've got all of that waste above that you have to get through to get to the sluice gate. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Now, for the people that take a long time over the protocol, what's happened is their their tube is completely full of food, mm -hmm. you know, and their ability to get rid of it isn't very good. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So by putting chlorine dioxide in on the top of it, you're oxygenating it, you're you're opening it up to into a liquid form, which should mean that it just comes straight out. Right. But obviously, if your internal organs aren't working particularly well, it's not going to happen like that. So, so do, you, do you have to do anything additionally then? If Just if, take it slow. Right. Um, I mean, there is other things that we do, enemas, um, charcoal, like sponges, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, enemas are the best thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going straight to the sluice gate and mm -hmm. it's lubricating the sluice gate and allowing it to open. Um, basically, when you do enemas, especially with chlorine dioxide, you focus on the liver. Mm -hmm. The liver's like the, you know, the conductor of the orchestra if the liver's not working the rest of the systems aren't working you know and if you affect the liver positively then the rest of the symptom systems will get affected positively so that's one of the things that i really like to do for people that's just so efficient you know it's so awesome you mm. know it gets waste out of you really really quickly mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which is what we need to do yeah so you know, so once you build up did you say you build up to 25 15 on the first so 15 on the first one yeah and so once so once you get up to 15 drops mm -hmm. a day what, what happens then so what we do then is we take it through into the day routine right so that 15 drops is taken over one dose generally before bedtime right um then what we do is we put that 15 drops into a bigger bottle mm -hmm. and we drink it throughout the day now, what I like to do is just write a line on the side of the bottle, eight equidistant amounts apart, and then set an alarm for every hour. Right. And then every hour I need to drink one of those lines. Right. And what that what happens basically is that the chlorine dioxide gets into your bloodstream within about five minutes, and it leaves within about 50. Right. So if you're dosing every hour, you're constantly got that in your bloodstream, which mm -hmm. is cleaning up everything, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's more of a trickle feed effect. Yeah. Um, but on the first part of the protocol, I'm readying them for a healthy dose in one shot. Right. You know. And so you would do that daily eight hours, uh, eight times during the day for how long? Yeah. So until you get up to 50 drops. Right. Um, or until your symptoms have disappeared. Okay. Um, and then if you get up to 50 drops, we then add in the DMSO. Right. And then that's when the real healing starts to happen, you know, because the two of them together in high doses, just it's rocket fuel, you know, it opens up the cells, it cleans everything out, it oxygenates everything. Um, and yeah, so, so say, for example, um, I don't know, I've got really bad arthritis, let's say. Okay. And I go and I, I run through the protocol, I get up to my 50 drops, mm -hmm. we start adding in the DMSO. One, do I do I come to a point where I, I can just sort of taper down and stop taking it or is it something that you kind of need to redo every so often? How does it work sort of on a, on a really long-term basis? Fine. It's fine. I've spoken to people that have been doing it for 11 years just keep, daily. Just keep taking yeah, it. Yeah, just keep taking it. I mean, what I say to people is, you know, get rid of your symptom that you want to get rid of yeah. and then see how you feel. You can take a maintenance dose every day, 20 mm. drops of CDS, um, which is the weaker one, I should yeah. stress. Yeah. Um, and that would be a daily dose that would maintain your body. Or, you know, what I do is, because I'm always trying new new bits and pieces anyway, I just put it in the cupboard. And if I get a flu come in, I get it out and I get onto it quick, you mm -hmm. know. Um, for instance, my family caught um, chicken pox just recently. Mm -hmm. I got rid of that in three days. Well, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we, we've been, we were taking... Um, so through the the COVID stuff, we we kind of uh, obviously looked for some natural 
remedies, vitamin D, you know, the mm-hmm. kind of normal stuff. Mm-hmm. But we we have got, and my wife, Gosha, uses quite often because she's quite susceptible to getting a cold or, you know, if there's a bug going around, she'll catch it because, as I said, she's Polish. When she was young, she probably was given antibiotics 200 times, you know, she's really just smashed up her, her microbiome. Um, but we take, uh, I think it's elder elderberry tincture. Okay. Chugga mushroom tincture. Yeah. So I think it's two drops of elderberry, one drop of chugga, a teaspoon of vitamin C powder, shot of vodka. Nice. <laughs> she, honestly, she, she used to... If, if something's going around, she would get it. She would have a cold 15 times every year for a week mm-hmm. and she'll get rid of one and she'll be all right for a week and then she'll say, oh, I think I'm getting a cold again. Every time she's, honestly, she's, she says, I think I'm getting a cold. She goes in the kitchen. I hear the little cupboard opening. I hear the little shot glass come out. She drinks it. She goes to bed. She wakes up in the morning. She says, it's just it's gone. It's nothing. And this has been for the last two years now. So it's not like, oh, just happened once or twice. Mm-hmm. This has been 20 times. Mm-hmm. It's quite um, it's quite amazing. There's really. so many things out there like that, just yeah. so simple that we can use to increase our health. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so what else have I got on my list? Yeah, so I think we've we've touched um, a I've little bit. I've got a bit. few more stories to tell about chlorine dioxide. Oh, yeah, if you go want for me to. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, like because it's an oxygenation treatment, cancer hates it. Right. Absolutely hates it. Um, one of the things that I've been playing around with recently is something called a gas treatment. So you make, you add the two molecules mm-hmm. together, you make the reaction, that mm-hmm. turns into a gas. But you do it in a cup that's big enough to cover up the tumour or an ear or whatever it is that you're looking to treat. So mm-hmm. if you've got tinnitus, for instance, you can do this. Um, if you've got, I mean, for instance, a guy came to me the other day with a lymphoma under his armpit. It was about the size of an apple. It's massive, you know. He was obviously very worried about it. Um, so I did this gas treatment on him. Within five minutes, 40% of the tumour was gone. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I've done that a few times now. Um, there was a guy that came to me with a tumour on his neck. Um, he had already been on the treatment for chlorine dioxide for about six weeks, so it was already getting smaller. It was interesting, actually. The first time I saw it, the tumour was just like concrete. You know, you knew that if you touched it, it didn't have any give at all. Mm. Saw him again maybe three weeks later. It would, it had basically softened, if that makes sense. And it was more like a blancmange type mm-hmm. consistency then. Mm-hmm. Saw him again just a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was much smaller. But then I did the gas treatment on him. And again, it was much smaller again after that, you know. Wow. Um, so yeah, the amount of things that it helps really quickly, really efficiently yeah, is amazing. amazing. Yeah. Um, what else have I done? So there was a lady who came to me with an abscess in her cheek and she apparently had it often, you know, she had some dodgy dental work done when she was a child and she would get these abscesses definitely once every six months. And in that time, what would happen, she'd have to go to the doctors and get it lanced and drained and, you know, real nasty, be on antibiotics for four weeks. It generally lasts sort of four to six weeks when it was there. I gave her some stuff. She was doing mouthwashes and she started to drink chlorine dioxide. And yeah, the whole thing was gone in two days. Fantastic. Yeah, just absolutely mind-blowing results. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so well, so what? some of the other things that I've got on my list, which kind of tie in, I, I think, probably to this... Um, have you got any broad recommendations and also maybe if you're, if you're on these protocol recommendations for diet 
Okay, so diet's a real massive subject, you know. Mm. Um, what I generally say is 80% fruit and veg, 20% meat. Right. And that's a rule of thumb, you know, everybody's different. Some people can't handle meat. Some people, you know, don't get on with the veg side of it. But yeah. as a rule of thumb, that's good. Okay. Um, you know, obviously look for organic food instead of mass-produced, Yeah. ideally. Um, but just make sure that you're getting good minerals, you know, good food, good, clean, healthy food into your body. That's that's mm, the best mm. that we can do. I think the salt soul that I mentioned earlier, that's a real good way of just increasing the mineral intake. Okay, so really that would cheap. that so just run through that again. Dis, so, distilled water, no. It, ideally, distilled water if you can get it. Um, so do you have to do you d distill it yourself? Cause, I do. Yeah, because yeah. distilled water, I mean, is Halfords, right? Okay, so that's probably not the one to. I don't know actually. Whether I mean, that's that what would you put right. in your car, right? Distilled because it doesn't fur up all the pipes but i'm assuming uh, it's ionized isn't it is it ionized? i think you can get distilled as well okay yeah but oh, okay I'm, well I'm, if I'm it's distilled that's... yeah that's fine yeah yeah um i mean there is a website that sells distilled water called bobby's healthy shop bobby's 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 yep. healthy shop shout yep. out to bobby's healthy shop yeah i'll try com. and put that in the show notes as well <laughs> um they sell distilled water it's quite expensive because obviously you have to send a heavy yes. thing you know five liters is quite a lot of money yeah, including yeah. the postage um you can buy a distillery unit for about 100 quid okay and that's, that's what i did ages ago and i use that to make colloidal silver and the pink salt sole and all manner of different things i use that for and the and the uh himalayan salt any old himalayan salt um as long as it hasn't got caking agent in it right so the crystals so, the, the the rock stuff yeah yeah, yeah 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 the more pure the better and and uh how long does that take to when you when you dissolve that in what What's oh, the process? Hardly any time at just, all. Just so I, I use a powdered one. Yeah, put put a healthy amount into the amount of water that you want. Yeah. Give it a good shake up. Yeah. Um, put it on the side, leave it to settle. If any of the sediment settles on the bottom, then you know that it's full above it. Yeah. If there isn't any sediment, you just add some more salt right. until the sediment stays on the bottom. So it, does, it actually doesn't matter how much sediment is there. You're just looking for there is sediment and then exactly. you know it's saturated. Yeah, exactly. And so, And... And then you mix that into water. Yes, right. yes. So again, when you're first starting, maybe one or two drops of it into a glass of water, knock it back. Um, I got up to about 10 mil a day and I absolutely love it. It's the most awesome thing. So you, you, you take that now? Yeah. And and that's just to kind of make sure that you're getting plenty of minerals into definitely, the body? Definitely. The Electrolytes, minerals. The minerals supplied by pink Himalayan salt are all the minerals that our cells need to produce ATP, uh -huh. which is the energy that the cells produce on their own. Right. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah. So it gives us that function. Um, the other thing that pink salt salt does is it and it supplies all the minerals that we need to produce hydro, um, hydrochloric acid so to break stomach. down our foods. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so many different benefits to it. It's absolutely awesome. Nice. And then the next one is uh, exercise. Okay. Do you have any recommendations? Yeah. So like high intensity training for your heart. Yeah. Just three to six minutes a day. Right. Um, so simple. So up to kind of like max heart rate type of uh -huh. thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things to do is rebounding. Right. So rebounding is where you get one of those tiny little trampolines uh -huh. and you bounce on it basically. And what that's doing is that's initiating your lymph system to start cleansing. So okay. unlike our bloodstream, the lymph system doesn't have a pump like the heart. Right. You know, so when our lymph system starts to move is when we'll be out exercising, walking, 
um, that sort of thing. So we have to actually initiate our lymph system to be moved. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good way of doing it because obviously as you touch down on the trampoline, the gravity takes effect and it draws stuff down your body. So you, you're literally bouncing on it? Yep. Like a kid would, just yep. up and down? Yep. Okay. Yep. So you can do like workout regimes on it as well and punches and kicks and, you know, all different sorts of stuff. It's good. I really and, enjoy and, that. And so you, would you just get on that for five minutes or whatever? Yeah, you 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes. Every day. Mm-hmm. And and so do you, do you um, are you a proponent of kind of um, exercise and physical exertion is um, necessary for a healthy body or no, five minutes a day will do you as long as everything else is kind of in place yeah five minutes a day of you know focused and i don't know designed workout yeah yeah. is really really potent you know for instance one of the things that i do is i put different things together so before i do a workout i'll meditate Mm -hmm. with the knowledge that by meditating i'm increasing my white blood cell count by about 15 to 20 percent so the white blood cells are what scavenges throughout the body. They will eat up the cancer cells. They eat up the waste that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And then if you've got 15 or 20% more white blood cells when you're doing a, a workout, they're just going to be going around your body so much faster and doing so much more stuff. And so what does your meditation look like then? Is that a specific um, meditation for the white blood cells or all meditation does that? Any meditation. So when you go into a relaxed state, your body can then start to produce more white blood cells. You know, so for instance, a self-hypnosis tape that you can get on YouTube, you know, anything like that, anything that's just going to hypnotize you slightly and get you into that altered, relaxed state. That's, that's all that we need to do. Yeah. I mean, what, what I started doing, um, probably the last three years now, and, and again, because it's pretty straightforward, I do it more or less every day. When I get up in the morning, I get up maybe like half an hour earlier now. And I just do three rounds of, uh, you, you know who Wim Hof is? Yeah. The breathing guy. I just Love do him. three rounds of breathing, right? So okay. th- I think it's 30 deep breaths and a breath hold three times. And that definitely, you know, I, I have I, I have great difficulty meditating in inverted commas, you know, okay. getting my mind to be just still. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I find is pretty good. That, that, you know, quite often on those breath holds, you you stop breathing and then it says, right, there's 30 seconds left. And you think, wow, that was three minutes. Like I just, I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. It kind of floated mm-hmm. away. Um, but, but one of the, one of the other things, I, I suppose it doesn't really, doesn't really fit necessarily that, that process. But one of the other things that, that I like about jujitsu is um, because of all the sparring, I mean, loads of it is, is sparring, you know, you'll do a couple of techniques and then you just roll is because you're so present in that moment, it is very meditative. Definitely. But I guess because you're already under stress, you're probably not getting that white blood cell benefit at, at that in in the same mm, way. Mm, I don't not know sure. whether you're do you do carters? Say again? Do you do carters? No. It's, no. It's, it's very... Um, it's Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so it's very kind of... Uh, it's all groundwork, pretty okay. much. And it's, it's very much like, um, it's like if you just get two little kids and shut them in the room, you know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> They're going to start wrestling. It's, it's that, but more technical. You know, so it's, there's no, oh, you should do this first, or you've got to do that, or you always step here or put your hand there. It's like, no, there's, there's lots of technical aspects to it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, 
you're you're trying to not let me do them and mm-hmm. I'm trying to do them. Mm-hmm. So it's like I know if it if it works, it works because you're not allowing me to grab your arm or allowing me to put a hand in the collar. You know, I have to force you to do that by pushing you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So it's very kind of, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like being five and rolling around with your mate at lunchtime <laughs> on the grass. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great fun. <laughs> Now, the um, reason I asked about the carters is that they're more of a sort of meditative thing when you're doing those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to do, when I was younger, I did uh, Kung Fu, did a lot of Kung Fu. So that was okay. a lot of, we used to call them forms, but same thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a lot of that. So yeah, yeah, very much. And actually, interestingly, I, I used to, um, when I was getting ready for my black belt, so when I was doing my black belt, you have to do all of the gradings all the way through. Okay. So it's probably... 45 minutes worth of all the forms, all the, you had little ped drills, all the, the, every other grading in one go, plus the black belt stuff. And I used to, I used to kind of either go for a jog or just sit down and go through the whole grading in my head. Mm -hmm. And I would almost get more tired doing it in my head Mm -hmm. than actually doing it because I I would go, you know, really sort of deeply into how I'm going to feel and where I'm going to be in the hall and where the instructors are going to be sitting. And, you know, it was it was incredibly kind of intense, even just uh, visualising it, right. which I think probably comes back <clears throat> into this kind of conscious mind, unconscious mind thing you know, where you can you can tap into a lot of a lot of stuff just by tapping into that sort of subconscious Definitely. state. Definitely. So, so are there, are there other benefits that you derive from meditating, or is the the white blood cell thing is your main? Um, yeah, I mean, there is other things. Just you know, you, you get a clearness in your head. Um, I just love the feeling afterwards. It's, so, do you, you would you try and meditate every day? Yeah. And what yeah. what's your process? Just sit down and yeah, just sit down and close your eyes and yeah, just wander away in your mind. And, and you can get into that state quite easily? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of it over the years. Um, I mean, when I was 21, I went to India and did a yoga course, for instance. Oh, nice. Um, went and stayed there. And yeah, I mean, the meditation that you do there was just crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the one of the kind of eye-opening things for me was um, at my previous jiu-jitsu club, which is closed down now, um, one of the one of the the black belts there, his partner, now his wife, is a yoga teacher, and she used to come in and teach a yoga class on a Sunday morning. So I used to go and do the uh, the yoga class, and you know, yoga is very much the breathing, the postures, you know, and she focus on the breath and blah 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 blah. And, you know, I kind of in my head, I'd, I'd, I'd done some Ashtanga yoga before and then we were mm-hmm. doing this yoga. And, you know, I, I'm not a yogi and I was not, I wouldn't say I was in any way proficient at yoga. But I'd done it, you know, reasonably regularly for a few years. And um, it was, I don't know, we'd probably been doing it for six months and we would do all the poses and everything. And it was it was pretty hardcore yoga because it was jujitsu people. So she was kind of making it like a little bit of okay. a tough, tough <laughs> positions and whatnot. But we at the end, you would just lie down and do the dead man's pose, right? Mm-hmm. And it was about six months in and she um, we laid down to do the dead man's pose. And she used to come around and like give you a little massage and put a little burner. It was really nice. nice. But she said... One one time she said, 
lying down for this dead man's pose. So this is the most important pose in yoga. And it was like a real like light bulb moment for me because I was like, oh, and I asked her about it afterwards and she said, yeah, she said, you know, like everything else you do is just so that you can get that stillness at the end of it. And I was like, you know, when you you like, oh, I get it. Uh-huh, I suddenly <clears throat> get it. Yeah, you do an hour of all that difficult stuff so that you can just lie down and float away and go into that kind of relaxed state. Love it. Yeah, it was amazing. It was really good. Yeah, love it. So, so what else does your does your daily routine look like? You've got you've got <clears> a meditation. <throat> yep. And you've got a, a bit of high intensity exercise. Yep. Um, and you've got your soul solution. Yep. An MMS you take. I am not every day. No, no. When so, I'm on a cleanse, I do. What or else, if I've got something coming, so if I've got flu coming, I'll get it out. Yeah. So, so what else is your does your daily routine look like? Have you got other it, stuff that you try and get in there? Yeah, it does differ a lot though. Um, for instance, at the moment, I'm doing quite a lot of fulvic acid. That's another thing that I really, really love. Um, it does so many different things to the body. You know, it's a sponge and it oxygenates the bloodstream and it alkalizes the bloodstream and it provides the minerals and probiotics and there's so many different bits to fulvic acid that's really awesome mm-hmm. um so i'm doing that at the moment um but generally i mean often or on occasions i'll just get up and drink some soul right you know and then get out about my day um but yeah i like to do the breathing techniques as well and what what sort of breathing do you do have you got something that's because you're a martial artist as well right that's right have you got something incorporated into that or you just do your own no thing? so i'll tell you what happened i um when i was on that yoga course i got taken to one side and shown what they called a secret move right um they called it the miracle asana um basically what you do is you kneel down you put your hands on the floor and then you use your diaphragm as a pump right so you just draw in really quickly and mm-hmm. you push out really quickly and mm-hmm. you just keep doing it. It's as simple as that. You just keep going over and over it. Um, and that's what that's the breathing that you do? I do do that. When I'm doing breathing exercises, that's what I do, yeah. Okay, because that sounds a little bit like, I don't know if you've ever seen, have you seen the movie Choke with uh, Hicks and Gracie? No. He, he does something like that on the beach. Okay. He, he, he was a yogi as well. Okay. As well as a legit badass right but he's he um some of his yoga practice is is that kind of diaphragmatic yep. pumping you it's know. so powerful yeah um if you do it for long enough you can feel where you've got areas of low oxygen in your body because what happens is the oxygen starts to tingle as it's trying to break into these new areas yes it's really interesting it's, it's a way of self-diagnosing problem areas in your body yeah i mean this was the this was the the thing for me with the wim hof breathing so I'd I'd been aware of him for probably five, six years from, I think at first I saw him on the Rogan podcast and then okay. he'd been on Russell Brand and various places, you know, I was aware of him. I watched the Vice documentary and other things. But, you know, at, at that time I was quite stressed, had some anxiety problems and things, you know, going on. And I, and I was thinking to myself, like, I don't want to do that deep breathing because I know I'm going to get really lightheaded. And I don't want to go there. And then when, so I started doing it during the lockdown. The lockdown happened. We were we were off work for a month and I thought, this is the time to do it, right? I'm at home all day. I've got nothing really to do. I'm having a little workout. I'm, you know, watching a bit of TV or whatever. But I'm going to start doing this breathing. And the first probably, I mean, the first time I did it, but probably the first 
10 times I did it in, in a diminishing amount. I mean, I just had like pins and needles and head spinning like, but everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and it, <laughs> it was that feeling of like all these places that didn't have oxygen we're like, okay, let's do this. Thank like, you. let's let's just <laughs> let's just get it over and done with. I remember the first time I did it, I I so for anyone who, who who doesn't know, you do you can you can do different sort of versions, but the one that I did, it's just thirty really deep breaths, a little bit fast, probably double the speed you would normally take a deep breath. So you're not hyperventilating, but you're kind of halfway there, and then you breathe out just sort of a comfortable out breath and then you just stop breathing. And the first time I did it, I just set a stopwatch because I was like, I don't really know how this is going to work. I think I did like four minutes and something on a basically empty lungs. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't tell you whether I was lying there for an hour or I was lying there for 20 seconds. I like literally just got blasted to some place. I don't know where it was. And then just sort of something kind of draws you back like, oh, you need to breathe. And then you just kind of breathe again. Mm-hmm. But that was that was a really powerful experience. And so and since then I've done it more or less every day. Well, you've uh, got to that point every day. Um I don't get I I get to that point sometimes, but I I do three rounds of that breathing pretty much every morning. I probably nice. miss one day every two, three weeks. But you know, it was it was so kind of special that I was like, this, you know, I need to just keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And that's been three years now. That's that's part of my, you know, daily nice daily routine now. Do you know about yeah. DMT? Yes. So it's I think that's probably my version of mm-hmm. when I've heard it's, people speak about yeah, DMT. It's a very similar thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean Wim Hof says that you can access DMT trips with breathing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether it was a, as intense as what I've heard people talk about with DMT. I mean, mm-hmm. that sounds pretty full on. A <laughs> um, couple, one of my friends um, did it, and and you know they've they they had it recently, and it sounds pretty. I mean, it's again, it's something that I think I would like to try, but I don't know if I'm a bit scared, a bit nervous about you know, just getting blasted that that far out into the universe. But I mean, you know, that's what we're here for, right? It's something that everybody should do at least once. You, have you done it? Oh, yeah. And, and Many times. How did you find it? Amazing. Yeah, mind-blowing. Um, I've, I've introduced other people to it as well. And, you know, seeing them get benefit from it is just absolutely amazing. Um, one lady came to me. She had, well, she she's she did the DMT laid down for what seemed like about 30 seconds and then got up and didn't know where she was. And she was in a bit of a panic and mm. had to just relax her and lay her down and, you know, talk to her and that sort of thing. But anyway, when she came around properly later, she said, Rob, you know, you've changed my life. And I was like, wow, like, well, what's that all about? So we sat down and she told me that when she was younger, she had been riding down the road on a horse and the horse bolted off, ran down the road, broke its leg and it needed to be put down at the side of the road. She'd always, sort of blamed herself for that you know um anyway this horse came to her on the trip and said to her (laughs) along the lines of you know we're just in the next room you don't have to worry about us now we're we're happy and you need to go and get on with your life yeah and she said that every single one of her pets was there every single pet that she had and lost was there with the horse and she just threw her arms around me and was like you've changed my life yeah this is this is awesome 
So yeah, I mean, everybody that does it has not as profound as that, but some sort of learning experience. Yeah. Um, you go down the tunnel. If you get through the tunnel at the other end, you're in outer space. You know, there's no two ways about it. You're in a different dimension. And people are going to think I'm a bit crazy now, but beings come and talk to you and they teach you stuff. This is what I've heard. It's crazy. It really is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, uh, what kind of beings come and talk to you? Because I've I've heard I've heard people speak about it a few times, <clears throat> and um, I think I think I've heard the term machine elves, but I don't okay. know whether it's different for everybody. But a lot of people that seem to have kind of experienced these sort of weird, half mechanical, strange mini. <laughs> so like, when I first started to do it, I'd done it maybe three or four times and I'd met them on every single occasion, but never really seen them. You right. know, they're there. Right. You feel them around you. They talk to you via telepathy. You know, they're there. Right. But on this particular occasion, I was like, come on, like show yourself. Like, let me know what you look like. Yeah. Come on. Like, I want to see you yeah. sort of thing. And they're all giggling and laughing saying, oh, he thinks that we've got a body like he has. And one of them saying to me, we're not physical matter like you, Rob. We're just energy. Right. You know, and I was sort of trying to get my head around it. And one of them just appeared in front of me. And it was just the most amazing thing. Um, it, it was a religious deity sitting there in a lotus position, you know, with yeah. the mudras and yeah, yeah. all of that sort of stuff. And then, so I'm looking at him thinking, wow, this is so cool. And then he just folded in on himself and turned himself into a symbol. And then the symbol just dissipated and turned into the air and he was wind around my face and it was just the most crazy thing and it, it showed me so succinctly that you know energy doesn't die yes you know they're just energy they haven't got a body they haven't got like a form or anything like that yeah they're just yeah just energy and just, so was that was your learning from that experience from that one yeah yeah mm -hmm. and and subsequent ones um too much stuff to go into, to be yeah. honest. We'll too too deep for, to go into. Save that for another yeah, episode. Yeah, maybe that would be another good, yeah. good one. Yeah, amazing. Um, so so you are now um, treating people and, and using these protocols full-time. People can, can contact you if they want to get in touch. They can. Um, what's, the, what's the best way to, to get hold of you? Uh, word of mouth. Okay, so so follow White Basement Pod on Instagram and uh, like and comment on everything I post. Um, it's one of the one of the most awful things about what I do is that I can't just go on Facebook and shout about what I do. Right. You know the amount of people that get ridiculed, um, committed, even assassinated for the things that I'm doing at the mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. um, it's just it's it's not coincidence. You know yeah. they are actively bringing people like myself down. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so, I mean, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, get in touch with me, and um, I'll I'll vet you exactly. And if I think that you're <laughs> uh, legit, I'll uh, I'll put you in touch with uh, with Rob. And um, but do people need to come see you face to face, or it can be done sort of remote? Virtual? It can be done remotely. Um, it's nicer if we see them face to face, right? Um, especially for the last one. Um, I guess really the last one should be done face to face because what I do on the last one is teach them how to make it, right? You know, so it's it's a little bit technical. We could do it on Zoom, but it's nicer if we can. So and and so, how many how many sort of sessions would somebody generally? have with you so three sessions the whole protocol is three sessions right and you know obviously healthy people will get through it quicker so would that be like beginning middle end kind of yeah. thing yeah 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 
Yeah. So it's like goals for them to reach as opposed to time frames that they'll do it for. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, because yeah. everybody is so different. You know, for instance, like the guy that cured himself of herpes, he could have taken 20 drops on the first time and he wouldn't have hardly felt it. Right. I put another lady on a quarter of a drop of CDS mm-hmm. and she woke up in the morning with a Herxheimer effect. Right, which is? Which is where you've moved too much waste in your body and you've got a negative symptom the next day. Right, You know, so the difference in people is just phenomenal, you know. Um, I think what is the most important thing is about being happy. You Mm -hmm. know, you'll get people that are happy that have absolute shit diets, don't exercise, but they're really healthy. Yeah, I I heard, um, this is going back a while, was a TED Talk. Okay. Um, There was a lady professor of something or other and she was saying that the um they had seven predictors they'd done like these really long-term multi um country studies on longevity okay and she was saying that the number one predictor of uh like a long life is being happy absolutely it was like being being having a lot of friends and family around and and being happy was ahead of smoking, alcohol, diet, obesity, like all the all the you know the six major killers, mm-hmm. and then the one that was most important was being happy and having you know a support system mm-hmm. around you. So uh, yeah, that's that is a, a an uh, overlooked and underappreciated. Um, but I mean, it's it's difficult, right? How do you how do you write a prescription for being happy? Oh, yeah, I know, I know. But it is a choice as well at the end of the day. It is. You know, people can choose to be happy and they can choose to be miserable. It is as simple as that. I yeah. know it's not easy, but yeah. yeah, it is a choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Oh, you know what we should we should talk about just, just briefly, we should revisit before we finish because of it's timely at the moment, is... Um, People who are suffering because of the vaccine. Okay. Um, either if you are or you think you are or you're worried about it, um, it is MMS the, the way to go? Absolutely. Yeah. So, Absolutely. so if, you, if, you've, if you've had the vaccine and you have problems or you are worried about having problems or you know people who are having problems and, and you want to, to take some action, then... Um, get in touch with me and uh, I'll put you in touch with with Rob. Yeah, definitely. The chlorine dioxide with the DMSO is everything that they're going to need to get rid of all of it. The, the chlorine dioxide will open up their bloodstream. The DMSO will fix damaged DNA. So the part of the vaccine that's gone in and changed their DNA, mm-hmm. I'm positive that it will change it back to how it should have been before. Fantastic. And And what sort of... Can you talk about cost? What sort of cost is involved for for doing the consultation and doing the process? Sure, yeah, sure. So I try and keep it as cheap as possible. Um, Basically for the three appointments, all of the product that you need all the way through the appointments. And then to teach you at the end how to make it, it's 250 quid. Okay. Um, If you want to purchase some chlorine dioxide off me, it's an extra 50 quid. Right. Um, But that includes the DMSO. So, you know, there's three bottles, the hydrochloric acid, the sodium chloride, the DMSO, and all those three, you know, there's enough there to be used for years. <laughs> right. So 300 quid would be 300 like quid whole, for absolutely everything, yeah. Is, is Although you can get more by buying it elsewhere. You right. Know, so 50 quid would buy you more of it somewhere else. Right, right. Um, 
but yeah, the, yeah, beautiful. So yeah, three hundred quid, fifty quid for a blood root salve treatment as long as you come to me. Right, forty pound for a jar of cannabis cream. Right, um, the cannabis cream will last ages, literally ages. I know people that have had a jar for five years are still using it topically. And so, even with the cannabis cream, you are you still kind of under the radar on that. Yeah, still word of mouth. Yeah, right. So same thing. Follow, follow White Basement Pod. Like everything I post. <laughs> share, share it with at least a hundred people. <laughs> listen to every single podcast. And uh, if you do all of that, I could put you in touch with Rob. I tell you what would be better for your <laughs> listeners instead of just sharing to a hundred people to just to write a little note on the top of it and say to you, say I don't know, here Andy, you know this podcast is great because you'll love it because it's got this part in it. And actually, instead of just sharing to a hundred people, actually make it. Um, you know, directed at them. Yes, do that. <laughs> do that. That sounds <laughs> That's good. That's a much better way to share. Because, you know, great. people people share with me all the time and I know it's just one of them things where they've clicked on yes. 100 people and it gets in my inbox and I'm like, oh. But if they just put, hey, Rob, you know, it's got this in it, so I think you'll be really interested in it. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got a few people that I know I'm going to send this one straight out to because I, I think they will probably uh, want to want to get in touch with you. Great. Um, so anything else you want to talk about? There was something else I wanted to talk about. Uh, you're an optician, right? Yes. So one of the things that I've found with chlorine dioxide is that you can make a, an eye drop, which makes your eyesight better. Mm-hmm. Now, Yeah, my mum t- talked to me about this before. Yeah. What happened to me a few months ago was that like, since the beginning of lockdown, my eyesight's been going downhill quickly. Right. right. And this particular night, I was getting messages in on Telegram and I couldn't see well enough to actually read the messages. On other, on other platforms, you can zoom in, can't you? Mm-hmm. But you can't on Telegram, right. right? So I threw my phone down on the on the sofa and was thinking, oh my God, I'm really getting old now. Yeah. Next day, I read this um, thing about the eye drops with chlorine dioxide, so I thought I'd just give it a go. By lunchtime that day, I was reading normally again. Mm-hmm. So what I was going to suggest, if you're open to it, is if I bring some chlorine dioxide, I get tested with you. I go away for, I don't know, a week maybe, just top up on the chlorine dioxide and then come back and get retested how would you feel about that yeah i mean i'd be interested to do it i don't i don't know whether i can do it at work but, okay. um, but yeah we can we can we can try and sort something out i mean i think i think probably there's there's um so there's two kind of uh, mechanisms that's going to affect sight so one is your normal distance sight so you could be short-sighted or long-sighted which i this is this is not that because although i think Possibly those things could be changed. Um, that's like an eye that's too big or too small or too steep or too oh, flat I see, or whatever. I see. But what what I think the the effect that you're noticing, which having listened to to everything you've said, I think actually probably is exactly what's happening, is that the the lens inside your eye as you get older gets stiffer. It's less flexible. Um, so it becomes more difficult to focus on things that are close to you. Your, your accommodation, which is your focusing, reduces as you get older. Mm-hmm. So if you're tired or you've been doing too much or the light is bad or whatever, suddenly you can't read Telegram. And so it's quite possible that um, those drops topically are going through and either softening the lens or um, reviving the focusing muscles. So, so the thing is, it 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 would be quite difficult to quantify. I mean, you could do it, but what what it sort of comes down to um, would be, you know, you're you're holding a a certain sized print at a certain distance with a certain light, and saying when does it blur? Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and then you take the drops and then you oh, see, see whether it changes. Okay. The, the difficult thing is that it's going to depend on other a lot of other factors, how tired you are, time of day, you've been fasting, you ate a big mm-hmm. meal, etc. But I, I would be I would be pretty um, pretty confident to say I, I think it would have an effect without even doing you know the, the test it, from from the mechanism of action that you've described it sounds exactly like it will energize the the focusing muscles mm-hmm. and potentially soften the lens by breaking down bonds that are there and stay all dead dead tissue so yeah yeah, i I suspect yeah it's uh but don't don't do that come and come and buy very focals (laughs) from me (laughs) no i'm not part of the medical establishment (laughs) yeah no don't take the eye drops everything else is good but not the eye drops but yeah no that, that sounds fantastic um so yeah, we can we can try and we can try and do something. We I'd can love talk to offline and see if we can work something. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming it's down. My it's pleasure. Really, completely. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a it's been a really fascinating conversation. I mean, it's it's I'm uh, um, I'm I'm very interested in kind of alternative health uh, ideas, but I often am guilty of not actually doing enough research you know i watch the 40 minute bit shoot video and then i go on to something else and i go on to something else so it's it's really good to to talk to somebody who's who's kind of really um gone deeply into it and um i'm definitely gonna uh gonna gonna try some of these protocols and products and, and see how it goes and i'll report back on the podcast um, hopefully maybe we can we can do a follow-up in a few months sure, and absolutely you know we can uh, we can see the stuff that I've done we, I, I can I can give some feedback and maybe we can we can talk about some other bits and bobs as well um, so as always guys thank you very much for listening to the podcast and um, don't just share this with your friends <laughs> but point them to the specific parts in the uh, in the podcast that you think would be relevant to them and um yeah we'll catch you next time yeah rap is such a competitive sport uh-huh. and my glass is still on it's the incredible dog uh-huh. <laughs> they want to try me like the federal court but i'm unashamed of the gospel i never retort that statement of the rappers a wax sauce dj treat them like mr miyagi and turn they wax off